Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Drifting Prime, and I am your host, Gerald Hernandez. And this is the second episode of the week that I was telling you about because I double booked this week by accident. And actually, like an asshole, I forgot that I did it again because he had messaged me at like 9 o'clock at night. Like, oh, so you're a little busy today, huh? And I was like, nope, completely forgot. Sorry, bud. Uh, But we got it done again. Sorry, dude. Didn't do it on purpose. Uh, Tonight's guest we have on is actually not even a pro-am driver. He is a grassroots driver who does, like, the comps. It's uh, Mitchell McGarvey. In the, he's out of British Columbia, and he's going to be driving a 350Z with not a whole lot done to it. Uh, suspension, mostly, and just, you know, basic tech stuff. Not, not like, full-on pro-am build. Uh, maybe he'll get there next year if he says, if he feels confident enough and finds the money to do so, he may consider it. But again, thank you for everyone that's been listening. Um, I do appreciate it. Uh, I do want to start putting, uh, my, the ideas I've thrown out there, like the driftingprime.com. And actually, you know, finally getting that up and running. I've been really busy at work, unfortunately. Uh, It's weird. It's slow, but then it's fucking also super busy. I'm in the office half the time now. If not, if I'm in the field, it's for like 12 hours a day, which is not always fun. But it does help pay for race car parts, so that's cool. Uh, That's going to happen. Thedriftingprom.com. Also going to do some merch. I think those two will probably happen around the same time. And I don't know when that is. I really don't. Uh, I might just get a hair up my ass one night and decide to do it all in one night. I just really, I really haven't made the time for it. I, I just haven't. Uh, I have gotten a quote for the merch, so I would gonna need to do some type of setup where we do like pre-orders, and then everyone kind of understands that you know until we get. X amount of pre-orders is when we can make the odor go through and all that fun stuff because I don't have the money to drop to pay for all this crap myself since I have my money tied up in a car. But again, I hope you guys enjoy the show. Thank you for listening and enjoy your second episode of the week. Um, if you'd like to go ahead and and introduce yourself, sir, and we can go from yeah, there. Yeah, my name is... Mitchell McGarvey. I drive a 350Z. And for 2020, I'll be competing in the Dark Lotus Grassroots Series at Mission Raceway Park in British Columbia, Canada, as well as the Evergreen Grassroots Competition Series at Evergreen Speedway in Monroe, Washington. Okay. And uh, what, what do you have done to your car? Uh, currently, uh, I just picked it up a month ago, so it actually is completely stock with a welded diff. It's a 350Z, right? uh, Yeah. Oh, okay. I've I've driven two events in it completely stock, and it actually kicks ass. But, uh, I ordered, actually, all my parts are here now, I just have to install them. But, uh, I got a full angle kit, dual caliper setup, solid bushings, for everything in the rear. Um, 
seat brackets, steering hub adapter. Um, I don't know. Basically, everything to just make it a simple seat time car. The only things I still need to order are rear arms and coilovers. Yeah, what are you doing for angle? Uh, I got the GK Tech kit. Oh, okay. And I got I I got it with the the extended lower control arms and everything. So the That's full nice. kit, not just the the knuckle adapter things. I, you know, oh, uh, you're on a double A arm setup. I need to find someone to make something for me. Eventually, all the money that needs to be spent and no money to spend. Yeah, I hear those uh, those Cadillacs are kind of hard to find drift parts for. <laughs> oh, they don't make any. Uh, the only reason the Knuckles exist is because I asked somebody to do it. So everything else yeah. is pretty much just like just anything that they offer on the car. Um, but back to you. Uh, you're going to be running the the VQ the whole time? You're not, you don't have any plans that like do some I have cool I have stuff. no plans to make I have no plans to make more than like maybe three hundred wheel with a bit of nitrous. Okay. That, out of this car. This is this is just a a grassroots car. This is something I can just reliably get as many laps in as I can. Uh what are three do three fifty Zs kinda have like known issues? You think I'd know uh, as many people as I talk yeah, to? Yeah, the early VQs uh, have issues with oil consumption. Okay. But I just I just check and fill the oil before every event, and it's been totally fine so far. Uh, my LS has those issues too. Well, not the not the race car, but my uh, truck motor still. I guess it's not a, a real LS, whatever. Uh, <laughs> mine eats a whole bunch of oil. It's nice. So yeah, I feel you on that. Sounds like your rings are ready for nitrous. <laughs> oh yeah, they're gapped now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's for, for anybody that knows better, I am joking. <laughs> no, no, that's the fun that's when the fun starts. Um <laughs> So uh you're on here, even though you're not doing uh Pro Am, obviously and what, do you plan on doing prom ever? Or are you just you just like strictly grassroots, uh, but you still enjoy the competition stuff? No, I, I'd love to compete uh, in pro am, but uh, I just don't think my driving's there yet, personally. Um, I wish I thought that. <laughs> when I think I'm ready, driving wise, to uh-huh. do it, I'll yeah. probably uh, I'll probably build a c5 or c6 corvette to do it dude sweet i i don't know why i like that fucking car now and i grew up hating corvettes i was like those things are stupid and ugly and now i've just the c6 is really growing on me Uh, yeah i've 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 been listening to uh, a number of different drifting podcasts and somebody pointed out the c5 and c6 are as close to a tube chassis car as you can get when it comes to building a drift car for Formula Drift. Yeah. That's... It's it's almost an unfair advantage. Yeah. But everybody, everybody that I know that's drifted a Corvette has basically 
called it the next evolution of the Nissan S chassis. It drives just like an S16 or an S17 or whatever would oh, if okay. Nissan made them. I can see what you're saying. Uh, you know, yeah. I wish I would stop fucking around and do something with my life or make this car work somehow. But I think uh, I made the mistake of trying to build a car I have no business building with no skill to even back it up as far as driving. <laughs> so it doesn't help. Um, where you're out of British Columbia, how far? I don't I don't know where that's at exactly. So forgive me. Um, the, how far is your drive going to be to Evergreen? Uh, it's it's just over two hours. It's actually not that bad. Oh shit, that's not bad at all. Uh, uh, my, my girlfriend right at the Canada US border. Uh-huh. So I just stay stay at her place the night before an event and drive down first thing in the morning. Oh, okay, that's not bad. Dude, that's sweet actually. Yeah. And she's been super awesome. She's super helpful. Um she helps change tires on the car in the pits and she's actually I bought her a camera so she can uh pick up doing uh, media for me. And oh, she nice. actually loves the media stuff. Oh, that's fucking awesome. That's cool. That's yeah. That's good to involve uh, people in your life to, to kind of like be a part of what you're doing, uh, especially when it comes to racing, because I know it's like even coming from like a car family background, like my family doesn't show up. They give two shits. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, uh, it took it took me three years of drifting to get my dad to come to the track. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. But um, I took him out for a ride in. Well, I had a Fox Body Mustang that was my drift car before this. Okay. And uh, I took my dad for a ride in the Mustang, and he actually really liked it. And he said that if you fix all these little problems the car has, I want to try driving it. And my dad used to race uh, in the SCCA back in the early 90s. Like He's a really, really good driver. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. So he, he raced in the RX-7 Cup back in the early 90s. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fucking actually pretty cool. I was going to ask you that next, too, if you came from, like, a motorsports background or just car background in general. Um, yeah, I actually didn't really get into cars a whole lot until I was, like, 21, though. Oh, really? I really, I really liked mountain biking and trucks uh, all through high school, and... After high school, I went and bought my dream truck, which was a, a second-gen Toyota Tacoma crew cab short box with a six-speed manual. Didn't even and, know they made uh, them. Yeah. They actually, fun fact, they were uh, the last truck you could buy with manual transmission. Toyota just announced for 2021 they're no longer doing the manual. Oh. So, 2020 Tacoma, last manual truck you could buy. Uh, Ford Ranger. Well, not the new one. Nope. I drive a little... I, I put around a little, like, 2010 Ranger for work. And, yeah, uh, I was going to say, I think 2013 or whatever, the last year for that body style was the last you could get a manual. Holy hell, I did not know that. What a bummer. Yeah. I mean, I hate it in L.A. traffic, don't get me wrong. Uh, but it is kind of fun to drive sometimes, even though you gotta wind the thing up like just to get on the freeway. It's a dog. Well, it's better than winding out the auto and then having your torque converter slip into the next gear. 
This is true. And then you hear the little clunks that come here and there. Um, what you, what kind of setup do you tow with your truck, or do you drive your car to the track? I have a 1992 Dodge D250 two-wheel drive Cummins. Okay. That I tow the car to the track with. Oh, nice. Um, it's 100% bone stock grandpa spec truck, except somebody pulled the automatic transmission out and put an NV4500 uh, five-speed manual into it from a second-gen truck. Uh, is there a reason they do that? Uh, Other than because to do it? Well, the autos are pure crap, um, and the first-gen manuals were crap, too. Oh. So there was no real good transmission option for the first-gens. Okay. So I guess the guy just decided that he had... he If he was going to be manual swapping it, he may as well put in a manual that was worth the swap. That makes sense. And then the autos yeah. are not that great, I assume. Well, uh, le- let me put it this way. The towing capacity on a stock automatic first-gen uh, Cummins truck is 6,800 pounds. Ooh. While the towing capacity on a stock manual first-gen is 11,800 pounds. Jesus. Yeah. yeah I didn't know uh, that's it. purely because the automatic transmission will just grenade itself. What do those trucks run for? I need a new, I need a new truck to tow with because uh, mine's. Uh, I'm in a mine for about six thousand Canadian Canadian. Holy hell! So that's probably like what, like forty five hundred bucks. My money's. Yeah, just shy. Of, yeah, like forty eight hundred bucks or so. Ish. Oh, okay, that's not. I'm not too far off. Um. Do you have what kind of trailer setup do you have? I've got a SureTrack 18-foot uh, flat deck that works awesome. Just an open deck trailer. Oh, okay. But I I bought it brand new. I just was – I didn't want to deal with somebody's old trailer project. So I just went to uh, to a trailer dealership and just bought one new. And I've been very, very happy with that decision. <laughs> yeah, I wish – well, no, I don't dislike my trailer. I actually got my, I got a little trailer, only it's too small for my car. It was perfect for my BMW. But uh, the trailer I have now, or the only one I've ever had, rather, uh, it's just really fucking small. Uh, but it has a, you know, tire rack, so that's cool, and a winch. But uh, my car don't really fit on it, and I still haven't welded on some new, like, strap points for uh so i can tie the car down correctly because it is a pain in the ass when i have to tie it down like it's a job in itself um yeah uh i'm gonna be uh actually fabbing up some bash bars for my 350z with tie down points built into them oh sweet because i'm i'm tired of like just trying to climb under the car and find things to hook my straps to it's just not not fun yeah that so that's i struggle with the same thing uh well not necessarily on uh oh yeah i do oh no it's my trailer like on the bottom of my uh the rear uh subframe there's two strap points and then front subframe also has it but like where my 
stuff is my hooks are on my trailer it's just in a shitty location so i don't even it's not mm, it's probably like 13 inches away from where it needs to strap up at so it doesn't really work when you're trying to use those big old bulky straps that are meant to hold the car down oh yeah so no i my trailer actually has lots of little uh pockets around it with uh-huh. uh removable d hooks oh nice slotted pockets so oh. I can put the D hooks pretty much wherever I want. Oh, sweet! Yeah, just yeah, yeah, really like that. Um, that. I've towed all sorts of things on that trailer. Like I've had everything from, uh, like a, just your normal car to uh, a crew cab long box F three fifty strapped onto that trailer. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, so let's get into like how long have you been driving? How'd you get into drifting and all that fun stuff? So my first event on track was I want to say like September of twenty seventeen. Okay. And I started in a Nissan Frontier pickup truck, two wheel drive, twin cam KA. Um, oh, the extended cab. So the gutless wonder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very, very slow. Yep. Um, my brother had one. <laughs> but that truck, that truck taught me the commitment needed to uh, drift because the track I was drifting at was just a very small little uh, quarter mile oval. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, in order to drift. I had to throw the truck sideways at the top of second gear into the bank corner. And uh, so I'm doing 55, 60 miles an hour when I flick it in. At Right when I started learning how to drift. <laughs> oh, wow. So it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely an experience. Um, but. No risk I, and no uh, biscuit type deal, huh? Exactly. So. I uh, managed to keep my wits about me and continue to learn to drive and went and drove more tracks and uh, evolved to where I am as a driver now. But uh, now my focus is on uh, tandems. I want to get really good at tandeming in close proximity to other cars. Mm Mm-hmm. In all my years, I've never had a working handbrake in any of my cars. So, I've never been able to follow somebody closely, comfortably. So, I've always pretty much just been the guy that is really good at running lead lines. And really good at just being smooth in front of people. But trying to follow people has just been a a bit of a task without a handbrake. I bet. Uh, that's, well, I didn't drive that much without a handbrake before. I drove like two events, so it doesn't really count. But I know I loved it as soon as I got it, so. Definitely yeah, useful. I know. I had, I, had the, I had a dual caliper handbrake set up in the Mustang for one event, and it kicked ass. Oh, really? What happened to uh, the Mustang? Um... It, uh, 
it was a pieced together project car built by an 18 year old kid with a shoestring budget and uh i was just tired of fixing all the constant problems that it was giving me oh okay so i sold it to somebody else and picked up the 350s i had the chance let it be their problem yeah he he's just basically gonna part it out he's gonna pull the five lugs stuff out of it put it in his notch back and you know just use it as a parts car basically oh okay um how did you actually get into drifting um well back in like i want to say 2013 or 14 i found out that formula drift did a round at evergreen speedway and so i went to watch it and watching those cars run that run the wall on that 5.8 layout mm-hmm. that was kind of just what got the urge going in me and uh i i said to myself way back then that i i would get i would be able to get my goal is to run that wall one day. That's what I said to myself. So I, uh, yeah, my, my first time actually driving Evergreen was, uh, May of 2018 after a long, uh, gap between going there. And, uh, I had a lot of fun there that day. I, showed up with uh you're you're gonna you're gonna learn that i've had a uh numerous amounts of ridiculously stupid cars over the years Um, so this was after i had uh sold the nissan frontier um i bought a Volvo 740 station wagon that had actually had the roof chopped off of it. Mm-hmm. So it was turned in like a, a pickup truck looking thing. And it was naturally aspirated. It made maybe 70 horsepower at the wheels. And my first time ever driving it, I decided it was a good idea to take it to a grassroots competition at Evergreen. I'd never driven Evergreen. I'd never driven the car before. But I decided, screw it, I'm going down to Evergreen with this car, I'm going to do this competition day in it. Mm-hmm. So I'd never driven competition yet either. So it was a whole flurry of, uh, of firsts for me that day. And um, Evergreen does the uh, Lone Star style of qualifying for the grand, uh, Grassroots Series. Okay. So basically, they just watch you in practice and then kind of rank you based on how you looked in practice. And then you get ta- you get the tandem so, no matter what. Yeah, exactly. But so and, I uh, and not to cut you off, just real quick. So when you you're t- essentially tandeling with other people who aren't that good, if you are um, not doing so good yourself, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, however, actually, there was a lot of pretty good drivers out there that day. <laughs> so they didn't and have a choice. I, so I, uh, 
I got I got three practice runs. Uh, my first run I spun, my second run I spun, and my third run I just barely made it through the course, but I probably went two wheels off. So they qualified me uh, fifty three out of fifty four drivers that day. Not dead last. Nope, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> There was one guy that spun every single one of his practice rounds. Hey, that is a win. <laughs> yep. I <laughs> I was super happy. I didn't qualify at last. Um, so my first battle was up against an E36 with a cage in it. Mm. And keep in mind, again, I'm in this stupid Volvo pickup truck thing with maybe 70 horsepower at the wheels. It's a fucking turd. <laughs> and uh, so I go out and i'm fully expecting to lose the battle and uh i initiate behind the guy because i i gotta follow first and i leave him a good gap and we get to the first inner clip mm. and he almost parks it so i get right up onto his door and then he starts pulling away from me through the power alley and then we get up to the second inner clip and again he's slows right down and I get right up close to him again and mm. then he uh, he actually spins on the, on the final inner clip and I just carried my line out around him mm-hmm. and across the finish line and then uh, I went and did my lead run just kind of made it through the course not uh, anything special but I just made it through and uh, I ended up winning my first ever battle. Nice. Um, which I was super stoked about. Uh, and then I immediately go up against another E36 with a cage in it. Um, somehow pulled that one out of my ass, beat him too. Um, my next battle was against an S13 coupe with a cage and an RB25 swap in it. Mm-hmm. Why do you keep and... being real specific about these cages? <laughs> Well, just because uh, at Evergreen in the Grassroots Series, there's not a lot of actual caged cars that show up. Got it. Okay. I was just curious. That's totally... So if your car has a cage in it, then you can tandem on the 3 8 layouts. Um, if you don't have a cage, you can only tandem on the infield layouts. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So our round one is always an infield layout anyway. So I I didn't have a cage, so we were tandeming on the infield. Um. So anyway, my third battle was against this uh, S13 with an RB25, and I don't quite know how, but I think he just got too close when he was trying to chase me, and he straightened out behind me. So he zeroed on the chase, and I ended up beating him. Mm -hmm. Uh, At this point, I'm one battle outside of top 16 on the day, and I couldn't believe it because I showed up in a 70 horsepower turd box. And my next battle is up against a 351 Mustang with a turbo on it, making 600 horsepower. And you got left. (laughs) Of course, I follow. He just walks away from me, but I, not thinking clearly back to the driver's meeting where the drivers said that line was more important than proximity uh, went 
three wheels off on the last corner trying to close proximity to him. So I zeroed my chase. Oh. Yeah. Which sucks because on his chase, he spun behind me. Oh. he got too close and he was going to hit me, so he spun himself out so he didn't hit me. So I actually would have beat him and gone into top 16 that day if I had just listened to the judges in the driver's meeting and not thought that somehow proximity was more important. Well, lesson learned, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's a lesson I won't, or a mistake I won't make again. But they, uh, they affectionately gave me the Dragon Slayer Award that day because I basically went from qualifying dead last to, well, almost dead last, to uh, almost making top 16 in the worst car that showed up that day, <laughs> by far. <laughs> That's gotta, that kind of gives you that uh, motivation to do better. Um, and then definitely is a, it's uh, what I'm looking for, uh, like a proud moment to show up in a shitbox and kill it. As yeah, well I wouldn't you say did. that I killed. Well, this. you did a lot better than the other guys, so you must yeah, have did something I, right. I, that's fair enough. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. That's actually pretty fucking cool. I I wish I had cool stories like that. I don't. I qualified dead last. Twelve people showed up for competition. Guess who qualified twelfth? <laughs> Just, That's all right. Just because I didn't spin out. At least you qualified, though. So that's what's important, right? Because you, you guys have a, a, you guys have proper like FD style qualifying where you can actually not qualify. Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately. Qualifying is better than not qualifying. Hey, how long does that take to get to like top sixteen? Um, do you? How does that bracket get cut down? Is are like so many drivers already put in the top sixteen, um, and then it goes from there? Or how does it work? So what it is is the top eight have an automatic buy into top sixteen. So the 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 top eight guys in practice have automatic buy into top sixteen, and then everybody else has to fight for the last eight spots. Okay, that makes sense. Huh, okay. It's hard It's hard without drawing the, the bracket out for you. If you actually just look up uh, Lone Star Drift qualifying layout, you can actually see online, they'll, uh, they have it posted online, the way that it all works. Huh, I'll have to check that out. Because I have yeah. been curious. Um, but I'd also like to go to a shootout. And see how it works for myself firsthand. I think I'm gonna probably gonna attend that one in Vegas this year. Yeah, uh, Lone Star's actually switched. They're no longer doing a pro am series. They're doing a shootout this year. Yeah, and they're doing it towards the end of the year because of the way their season started. Uh, I don't know if they'll necessarily continue that next year. Um, you know, he might go back, but with like such a short notice to have all that safety equipment and stuff like that. Uh, I can see why he did it, especially since he's the only one in his region doing it. Um, yeah. It, it does make sense. So, 
I, I get it. I, I personally don't see Aaron going back to doing a series again, though. Oh, I don't. We're not boys. I don't know him like that. I don't even know him. I I don't know him that well, but I've. I think I have a good enough idea from watching his YouTube videos and watching uh, him talk in Adam LZ's videos and Taylor Ray's videos about uh, drifting and formula drift and stuff that I don't think that he personally thinks that the new rule book is all that necessary. Um, all the extra safety equipment. Um, so I don't see him running his series uh, any differently than the way he has been because that's the way that he and all his guys like it. And all the guys in Texas seem to be uh, at risk of sounding offensive. They almost seem set in their ways and they don't really want to change the way things are. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, I could be completely wrong. This is just the vibe that I've got off of those guys from their online presence. So, Gotcha. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, can't really say what somebody thinks or doesn't think unless I heard it first person. Um, Fair enough. I could be making a complete ass of myself. Oh, you already else. did, buddy. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, with with this car, is this do you kind of because you said you've gone through a few cars, uh, which by the way I've never ever sold a car in my life. I have wrecked every single one of them, and they've all gone to the junkyard. Uh, and I'm 30, so take that for what it is. Do you want me to quick run through everything I've had? Yeah, let's hear let's hear what you have had. Okay, so I started with the Nissan Frontier pickup truck. Um. Mm-hmm got way too overambitious with that thing and tore it apart to start an LS swap and a four-link swap on the back and all this kind of stuff. And then I read a rule book and figured out that if I wanted to run it in Evergreen's Pro-Am eventually that I couldn't have a four-link in it. So I just sold the truck to my buddy for a couple hundred bucks and he put it back together with leaf springs and finished the gas tank relocation uh, that I had started um, and basically got it running, driving back as a street truck again. And then it went through six owners before my buddy bought it and the timing chain skipped and he ended up scrapping it. Um, Wow, that was way too much detail about that truck. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Then from there, I went to the stupid Volvo thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I drove that thing for three events. Okay. Tried to tried to use all factory Volvo parts to turbocharge it because I need I wanted more power because mm-hmm. um, it it wouldn't do the three eighths bank at Evergreen. Um, so. My thinking was, oh, it's all OEM parts. It should just bolt together like Lego and fire up and run great. Um, and I don't know how, but somewhere along the way, I ended up with uh, 60 PSI of compression across the board and the engine wouldn't start. So I 
took all the parts that I just bought for it, sold them all off, parted that car out, scrapped the shell. Um, I then bought probably the worst E46 BMW in the world. Okay. Um, it had it was a former stance car, so Wait, it was. Is that how we became friends? Or no? No, I had another E46 after. That's the car that I had when I think we first touched base. Gotcha. Okay. So the first E46 was a former stance car that was done very badly. It was on 15 steelies, and it was so low that we had to use a forklift to get it onto my trailer. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, the fenders and quarter panels were all cut out for flares and stuff like that and the car was just a basket case and oh, sounds uh, like my type. it never ran right. it never ran right at all it was a it was a 325 uh coupe and every time that i wanted to go for a run i had to clear the check engine light clear the codes with my code scanner so the car would come out of limp mode long enough for me to make a pass and then as soon as i was <laughs> it would go back and back into limp mode dude i used to have a jetta i used to have a jetta it was for my son's mom uh we got her a jetta and the i think it was the mass airflow sensor that kept going out and i kept getting them off of like ebay for like i don't know 60 bucks or some shit and every time that fucking thing would go out it would go into limp mode so I'd have to like reset the computer to do the same thing, and then it would go right back in. Yeah. So, so I drove that car for, I think, I think I only did, no, I did three events in that car again. Um, so I have this pattern of only uh, I have this pattern for a while of only driving cars for three events and then getting rid of them. So, I got three events in in that car. So you got one event uh, left. On your current car. <laughs> no, the Z will be around for quite a while. I broke the chain with the Mustang. Okay. Um, so, I, uh, yeah, I drove that E46 for three events, and then I found my other E46, which was a 330 manual sedan M Sport, which was uh, the Canadian version of the ZHP package. Okay. Um, and so I got that thing for 500 bucks because it was an insurance write-off and it needed a clutch so the only damage to it was a dented quarter panel which I didn't care about because it was a drift car Um, so I was super stoked on getting that thing for 500 bucks especially after overpaying for the absolute turd that I'd been driving um, so I parted out the coupe and it was only during the part out that I discovered the reason why it kept going in a limp mode and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. Uh, one of the catalytic converters was completely blocked. Uh-huh. So the car, the car could basically only exhaust three cylinders <laughs> instead of all six. So it was just, it was fucked. Jesus <laughs> Christ. You didn't just pull it out and bang that thing out real quick? 
Well, the the I didn't know what the problem was. Oh, okay, that was um, uh, yeah. I was just getting random misfires on every single cylinder. I had no idea why. Um, I had changed the plugs. I'd changed the coil packs. I'd changed basically everything that I thought would. I changed the injectors. I changed literally everything I thought that would uh, have an effect on it misfiring, mm-hmm. and it just kept misfiring, just randomly on different cylinders. Um, so, if any BMW guys have that problem, replace your fucking cats, or just get catless headers if you don't have to do emissions. Aren't <laughs> aren't those headers like a hundred bucks on eBay too? Yeah, they were like two hundred and twenty-five bucks after. Uh, exchange rate. <laughs> so, yeah, that's not. I terrible. bought headers for. I bought headers for the three thirty, and uh, God, I don't even want to get into that nightmare of a car. I drove that car for three events, and on the third event, which happened to be my birthday, my twenty fifth birthday in twenty nineteen. Um. Yeah, I'm 20, I'll be 26 next month. But my day I turned 25, we went to Spirit Peaks Raceway down in Washington. And I was driving there with two of my buddies. Uh, one of my buddies blew his engine uh, on, like, his third lap and started to do... Started pulling it in the parking lot of the uh, track because he and my other buddy were on their way down to L.A., um, to do like a drift uh, road trip mm-hmm. so he so he just started pulling the engine out of his car at the track there oh, shit. Um, so that he could swap a new one in the next day in Portland um, in a tool store park <laughs> um, my buddy Jake is an absolute animal he uh, <laughs> he heard some train horns on your end <laughs> yeah sorry about that uh i forget how close i live to the train tracks like i cross over them every day and since i, I actually live across the street from a train yard oh really <laughs> well sort of i'm yeah a, i'm a block and a half from a train yard it's on the other side of the highway from me yeah but see the train it, it i think that tr- if i'm not mistaken the train that runs through here because i live in uh San Gabriel Valley, which is just like just east of downtown Los Angeles. And uh, the train that does run through here, I think the one at night is the freight train. And then the one that runs on the tracks during the day most of the time is like the Metrolink, uh, like the commuter train. Oh, yeah. So we don't, I don't ever hear it until like now. Even when I cross the tracks, I don't think I've ever been stuck at the tracks. Waiting for a train. But Yeah, we actually have a fairly good network uh, for rail crossings here. I don't get stuck in them very often at all. Um, but yeah, the, this, the city I live in, Port Coquitlam, is kind of built in halves. We have a north side and a south side. And down the center of this whole city is this giant rail yard. I live just on the north half of the city. Okay. Yeah. 
So anyway, to continue the story, my, my buddy Jake, um, he works on... Basically, if something goes wrong with his car, it doesn't matter how catastrophic the problem is, he'll fix it at the track and keep driving that day. Dude, if that's... He can. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Oh no, I, I commend the hell out of him for it. Um, I, I can't do that. If, if something catastrophic happens to my car, uh-huh. I'm putting it back on the trailer and I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. I... Like, like if I blow a steering rack, I'm not replacing a steering rack in the pits and trying to go back out. I'm just, I'm packing up and going home. Yeah, I would. I, I would. I would replace the rack if I obviously if I had it on me. He rebuilt his power steering pump at the last event. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's nothing wrong with that, but he's ready to go. Oh yeah. So anyway, he blew his engine on like lap three that day. Uh-huh. Uh huh. My girlfriend dropped her phone in the porta potty at the track. Um, so it was. A just an awful start to the day for me, my girlfriend, and my friends. Um, my buddy Colton was dealing with a bent steering rack all day. Uh-huh. And I went out and probably about 20 laps into the day lost oil pressure as red line. And almost, well, I didn't quite catastrophically blow the engine up, but it was knocking pretty hard. So I got the, uh, the classic M54 problem of the nut that holds the oil pump gear on backed uh-huh. off. Oh, yep. Yeah. So I have, we have I've those problems. It's 7,000 RPM. <laughs> it's like, why did, why couldn't it do it when it was idling and I got to shut it off? Like when you're full throttle yeah. redlining it. Yes. In, in the middle of a corner and my buddy actually was sitting in the car with the camera running when it happened so I watched the, I watched the oil pressure light come on in the video mm-hmm. and then I watched myself pin the next three corners at redline 7000 rpm and then I looked down and noticed the bright red oil light on the dash by then it was way too late <laughs> Dude, I hate cars sometimes. I've been uh, very, very hypersensitive to oil pressure since then. And, uh, yeah. Keep an eye on it now. So, so from there, we tore the engine out of that car, and I had... Um, a five-month fiasco of a guy who I thought was a friend uh, telling me he was going to get my new engine in the car running for me because I was busy at work. Um, I work in the film industry, so I work like 80 hours a week. Oh, shit. Monday. It's, yeah, it's stupid. Five days a week, but like 80 hours in five days. It's kind of ridiculous. But anyway, uh, so yeah, he said he was going to deal with the car for me, and five months went by, and the car uh, would fire up, but it wouldn't rev past 
like 2300 RPM or something for some reason. So at that point, I just gave up and I posted the car up for part out. And uh, then the 18-year-old kid that put the Mustang together um, messaged me and asked if I would trade the BMW for the Mustang. Oh, okay. I was like, I was like, are you sure? You know that this thing, like, isn't running right, right? He's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, you know your Mustang has a V8 in it. It has a half cage. It, it, it has angle mods. It's got all sorts of stuff done to it. He's like, yeah, I know. I just want a newer car to put an LS swap into. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll make that trade. By this point, I ha- so I drove the, the the E46 stock. I just welded the diff and put some three hundred dollar coilovers in it, and I drove it with stock angle, blew it up. Okay. And then after I blew it up, I bought a Wisefab angle kit for it, and bought M3 front brakes and knuckles. Um, because the Wisefab kit was sold to me as a non-M kit, even though it was an M kit, so I had to get M3 knuckles to run it. So I just upgraded to M3 brakes while I was at it and put a bunch of time and money into this thing. I, I spent, like, probably two to $3,000 on parts for this car. Um, while it was, while it didn't even have an engine in it. Yeah. Yeah. So I traded the kid all the parts that I had with the chassis for the Mustang and, uh, then drove seven days on track just in the month of September last year with the Mustang. And, <clears throat> Basically, by the end of October, I was done dealing with the problems the Mustang was giving me. So, I sold it in December and bought the 350Z in January. Okay. And you've already got two events on the 350Z? Or more? Yeah. And that's yeah, like, I, and I, that's like stock angle and everything you said, right? Just welded diff. Oh no, you said you GK Tech, right? Sorry. Well, no the the two events I've driven so far were completely stock with just a welded diff. Oh okay. Yeah, I bought all the angle stuff um, after my last event. Um, I ha- I've had a few other cars that I've haven't actually driven um i got a fully caged uh te72 corolla station wagon with a custom four link uh basically it's tube front tube rear um all that's left of it the, from the actual corolla is basically the skin of the body at this point it's a it's essentially a tube chassis go-kart um and i was gonna put a 1uz v8 into that but uh, I decided to just focus on one drift car right now. That makes sense. So I sold that 
to a coworker after the last drift event. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's where I got all the money to order all these parts I just ordered for the 350Z. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> well, you know, it helps. Um, yeah. So you're just down to the 350Z. Do you, since you're going to be going uh, a hard, not necessarily a big build, you're just doing suspension and that's pretty much it. Might be adding nitrous at some point. Or you already ordered it. Sorry, adding which? Nitrous. You said you'd be adding nitrous. Uh, I don't be down the road if I decide it needs more power. Gotcha. Okay. But right now I, I did. Uh, I I ran the three eighths bank at Evergreen in third gear on two forty fives, just effortlessly. So I'm pretty happy with uh, power level right now. Those cars. Bone stock make about 240 wheel horsepower. What was your Mustang making? Um, well, I thought it was somewhere around the 250 wheel horse mark. Mm-hmm. But uh, after driving the 350Z, I can safely say the Mustang was probably closer to 200. Okay. Yeah. And don't... Uh, which one weighs more? Um, the 350Z currently weighs more because I haven't gutted it yet, but it'll probably be right around the same weight when it's all said and done. A Mustang was right around stock S13 weight because it was which fully is, gutted. I know nothing about right those around, cars. Like 2,750 to 2,800 pounds. Oh shit, they're that light? Damn, I did not know that. Jesus. I think a stock S13 is like 2780. Hmm. I remember when I was a kid, my neighbor had one. He was always working on it. He had a coupe with uh, the pop-up headlights. It was like a tan color, I want to say. Uh, oh, champagne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever color it is. Yeah, worst color for S13s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I I don't. Well, I don't. The only reason I'm not like a huge fan of them is because it, it's just like I every time I see one, it's you know something's somebody's already done it. Like, I never see, like, a real, true, original. There's one guy out here who has a uh, 4G63 in his S13. Uh, that's pretty pretty cool. Uh, his, he's got, like, a 4G63 with a dog box in it. And that thing's pretty bitchin'. He drives really well, too. His name's Mark. I don't know. His, I can't remember his last name. Um, I think his, his IG name is, like, 4G63Mark. I hope, it's, I hope I'm not wrong. Uh, his name could be John for all I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, but I think it is Mark. Um, his is pretty cool. I like that. Uh, but to anything else I've seen, it's it's repetitive. His is the only one I could say that's I've seen that's completely different. Um, obviously, there's a few Ford motors in 240s within FD, uh, or at least two of them. I've seen the RBs. 
SR20s, LSs, ton of 2J guys. But so my my favorite one that I didn't know existed until recently. Well, I knew he had it, but I didn't know just how cool it was um, until I saw a picture recently. But you've actually had him on your show. Ben White used to have an S13 with a built small block Chevy in it. But he had, you know, the factory, like, air hood scoop, the shaker hood scoop from a, a Firebird Trans Am, like a second, second, just Smokey the Bandit yeah. Trans Am. He had that on there? He did that on an S13. It looks so cool. I'm going to have to ask him for a picture of that. That's actually pretty oh, cool. Yeah. I have to, I have to look that up. Try to a picture right now and send it to you. Yeah, hey, I was going to hit him up. I'll hit him up for that. That actually sounds pretty interesting. And he made it work, huh? He just got a... Oh, yeah. Super just, cool. He just got like a... What is it? A fourth gen Camaro with... But the LS one? Uh, yeah. Yeah. This missile car. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he, he just... He's like, I got a cheap missile car. And then he dumped a whole bunch of money into it. <laughs> I found the picture. I'm sending sending it to you right now oh yes please do um yeah i've been have you oh that's right you just talked about just focusing on one car which i understand like i really want to get another car but then like they don't have too much they don't have two broken cars and that'll be a bigger issue yeah that was kind of where i was at Mm -hmm. i had Mustang that needed work as well as the Corolla race car project that also needed work and I was just not interested in working on either of them yeah I decided it was just better to start over with a simple seat time car and Taylor Taylor Ray actually uh, his video talking about why the 350z is the best drift car in the world um really convinced me to just buy one after uh, watching him him and matt Aginge and adam lz just thrash the crap out of theirs yeah um i was just yeah i was sold <laughs> yeah i i just i can't get into the youtube guys well not not them like on a personal level i just can't get into youtube like and watch somebody like basically do like a uh, blog style stuff it's not i'm just not interested in it I think I'd rather watch reality television, and I hate that with a passion. Um, are you doing anything else besides, um, like, are you doing anything for media or anything like that? Do you just have, like, an um, Instagram set up type deal? Yeah, I've got an Instagram for my team. Um, we're, uh, at, uh, we're, we're called this, the... We're called Drift Team Super OK. Uh-huh. And the uh, reason we went with that name was because we, my buddy and I always find it funny uh, when we read, like, bad English translations to, J- to Japanese. <laughs> so, like, when you see, like, Japanese guys online, uh, like... You know who does it? Uh, uh, Taguchi and Daigo, like, when you hit the translator... And I'm like, yeah. wow, this doesn't translate very well. <laughs> yeah, so, I know so we, we've, always, 
found that to be like really funny. Uh-huh. So we just uh, we thought like, what's a name that's what's something we could call our drift team that would sound like Japanese guys trying to name their drift team something English, <laughs> and we can uh, drift team super okay. That's funny. So that was uh, that was kind of where it came came from. But uh, the Instagram is actually uh, is super underscore okay underscore drift for anybody that's listening and wants, wants to, to follow you guys. Check it out. And how many of how many uh, people are in that? Because I thought I saw like a long ass roll call list. Yeah, we do have uh, quite a quite a roster um but basically the idea is to just have it so that at least three or four of us can make it to any team tandem events that pop up uh-huh right now we've got uh there's seven of us plus uh my buddy james who started the team with me he came up with the name mm-hmm. but uh he's since got out of drifting for financial reasons but uh he'll be back (laughs) um so yeah shit gets expensive real fast yeah yeah i had a i had to cool it down a little bit that's why i haven't made any progress on the car because i got a little happy towards the end of last year so working on it so now i should be good to go after this vacation is over and done with and i can finally order some parts um, but to answer your question on uh, any other things I'm doing, I'm actually organizing um, a drift week. Oh, that's so, right. You you had you had mentioned that. Uh, go ahead and get into that a little bit. So, it, I'm sure everybody knows by now. Aaron Losey just ran a, a drift week with a bunch of pro drivers. Um, mm-hmm. They they hit seven tracks in 14 days between texas and california and i'm doing it on a much smaller scale we're doing four tracks in six days um starting at pat's acres racing complex in oregon okay and working our way north and finishing at western speedway in victoria british columbia canada All right. So, but uh, Pat's Acres is the first day. It's a Saturday. Um, Spirit Peaks Raceway on the Sunday, the next day. Monday will be a travel day. Tuesday, Mission Raceway Park in Mission BC, Canada. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, will be a travel day. And Thursday, we'll finish at uh, Western Speedway. Nice. So, I'm planning, I'm planning to have some games and challenges along the way. Um, each track, there will be drift games um, with prizes. Um, and I'm firmly setting in place the rule that your car must be street-driven the entire trip. Car goes on a trailer, you are no longer eligible to... Uh, to 
basically finish the event. You're disqualified from winning. Yeah, exactly. But you can still go, right? Like you if can somebody still continue. shows up to day, if if somebody shows up to day one with the Carnage trailer, I'm telling them to get lost. That's that's basically the how I'm gonna do it because I have to limit the number of drivers somehow. I don't want 150 people with trucks and trailers showing up to this. And I had, like, I've had, since I made a little group on Facebook, I've had over 300 people say, I'm interested in doing this. Yeah, but, but you got to count in the fact that can 300 people afford that? Like, you know how it works. You invite 100 people, 50 people show up, if you're lucky. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. But I still can't risk 100 people showing up. And then... People's cars aren't going to be so, ready. Uh, shit breaks. So they usually, some people will be like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. Well, so basically, I'm hoping that my rules will limit the number of drivers to between 20 and 30. That's a solid number. And you guys are basically all splitting the cost to rent the track, or you guys, how's that work out? So what I'll be doing is everybody will pay up front a registration fee for the week. Mm-hmm. It'll cover all the track rentals. It'll cover uh, p- prizes. It'll cover a banner for each car and a T-shirt for each driver. And it will cover the cost of a support truck and trailer to come along the entire route to carry people's tires and tools. Okay. Because I know not everybody is going to have the means to tow a utility trailer with their car, with their drift car, between yeah. events for some tires and tools and all that stuff. So how well, how did this idea come to be just running off of what Aaron did or yeah well it was it was partially inspired by Aaron but also just partially inspired by drag week because I follow drag week every year I think it's absolutely hilarious the guys are driving five and six second pro mods on the street yeah that is it's actually pretty nuts pulling a trailer so, yeah exactly yeah like, no, I agree Guys like Jeff Lutz and Larry Larson are almost heroes to me because they're driving like five and six second pro mods, towing trailers with them down the street. It's just nuts. Rebuilding engines at the track. Yeah. Yeah, that shit's wild. Um, but uh, when is that taking place again? So we're doing it from October. Triple check just so I don't get the dates wrong. Um, the dates I have in place are October third to eighth. Oh, okay. And lots of people are complaining that it's the Pacific Northwest, so it's going to be. Uh, 
raining, but I looked at previous years' weather reports, and it's pretty dry the first week of October every year. So. Oh, okay. Well, here's some hopefully it stays, stays that way. Um, and honestly, if it rains on the Sunday, the day we're at Spear Peaks Raceway, I will actually be thankful because that track eats tires so quickly that uh, I don't know if I'll have enough tires to do the rest of the week if I or even finish that day if it doesn't rain. Gotcha. <laughs> well, you got till October, so you better start stockpiling now. Um, now, are you guys going to have it set up to where, like, let's just say you go to one track and you're going to have, like, there's a few guys who want to go and drive with you guys. Is that going to be allowed or just going to be like, nope, whoever signed up for it, they're the only people? Basically like a guest driver, so to speak. Well, the way, the way that I've had to structure it is um, day one and day two, mm-hmm. I've had to schedule for existing open drift days at the two tracks. So uh, park and Spirit Peaks will be open drift days. Anybody can show up and drive. Um, they won't be part of Drift Week, but they can come drive with us. Um, but the track day at Mission Raceway and the track day at Western Speedway will be private rent days, and they will be only for Drift Week competitors. Gotcha. That's pretty cool. But, well, you have fun with that and good luck with it because I'm pretty sure organizing an event is probably chaotic. Uh, yeah. I have thought of about doing one, like, just for, like, the drifting pro-am guys. So not necessarily the drifting, just to host one, period. Uh, but I'm not sure how that would turn out. And I'm not sure I actually want to deal with it. You know, like putting the money up for the track and then hopefully, you know, everyone shows up to the actual event or even signs up for it to begin with. Um, so I might do it. I might not. Uh, not anytime soon, but it's just something I've considered. Uh, it might happen eventually. Yeah, but, that's uh, why I'm, what's I'm, that? I haven't officially announced Drift Week per se, mm-hmm. and I have registration yet because I'm still working on uh, legalities behind everything and making sure that I can uh, legally host an event like this and be covered in the event that something happens to somebody at my event yeah well I, I would imagine there's some insurance involved with the track yeah so because I'm doing um, open drift at, we're going to the open drift at Park and the open drift at Spirit Peaks. I'm covered under those two tracks uh, insurance. And my private rental through Mission has insurance coverage. And my private rental through Western Speedway also has insurance coverage. So I'm covered at each track. What I'm worried about is the possibility of something happening between tracks and people trying to blame me for it because they're 
taking part in this event that I organized. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So what I could do is just make everybody sign a waiver that says the event is only taking place at the four tracks at these times. And if anything anything happens outside of the times, it's on on you. Yeah. But if I do that, then I can't do some of the challenges I was planning to do. Like, um, I was going to do a fuel economy challenge. So whoever's drift car gets the best fuel economy wins a prize. Um, and I was going to do two classes. So cars that are not towing utility trailers and cars that are towing utility trailers. Gotcha. So, but I mean, I guess I could just drop that idea and make it a lot simpler for myself legally. Yeah. That's pretty... I get... Uh, I wonder how my shitbox would do. Oh, I run E85. I'd be so fucked. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to actually make my flex fuel sensor work so I can run 91 and get a decent mile per gallon. Uh, but I think I'm going to call it here, man. Um, where Again, where can people reach you at? Uh, they can DM me on Instagram at uh, super underscore okay underscore drift. Mm-hmm. Or they can shoot me a message on Facebook at Mitchell McGarvey. It's up to them. I, and then, I don't really care. Uh, random question. Have you created a name for this Drift Week? Like, uh, yeah, I've got a f- it can't be just Drift Week. Like, so <laughs> it's got to be... I've uh, got a... Facebook group I started called Northwest Drift Week. Northwest is one word. Okay. So if you guys want to see what the hell's going on with that, I'm pretty sure they'll all request to join. Doesn't mean I'll, that... uh, that I'll add you to it. Yeah. For the sake just, just, I even, I'm even in the uh, Evergreen Pro Am um, group. Yeah, I saw you comment on a post today. <laughs> yeah, I try to uh, be a pretty... part of all that fun stuff. Uh, what did I say? I forgot. You you said you were part of the the Evergreen Program. No, 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 no. I I got that part. You said you saw me comment comment on something. I don't remember what I commented. Comment on all the shit. Oh. I don't even remember. No, um. Oh. Do. the... It was Tori asking if anybody wanted to come uh, come drive a private day on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Some dude's like, I don't want to be that guy in my practice car. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, yeah. most guys don't even have that, so just go. If I, if I, if I wasn't uh, going and getting my firearms license this weekend, then I would be driving straight down to Evergreen to drive with Tori this weekend. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, uh, I actually had him on in the past too. Yeah, I know. Uh, I've I've actually listened to every episode you put out. So. Jesus Christ, why? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I did. I read. I, just... I, I read the reviews on it the other day. Some someone decided to say like that the audio was terrible, <laughs> which they're not wrong. And it was they were basing it off the first episode. Uh, where like the first half hour, I didn't, I couldn't figure out the recorder. Um, 
and they're like, I can I can't hear you, but I can hear her, and she's loud. Or and then when you do get it figured out, you're really loud. I don't know. And I was like, oh, that's. You started at episode one. You could have started at like a later version. So that's just a heads up for anybody who listens to podcasts. The first one isn't great. And if you want to start your own, your first one, not going to be good. Or great, at least. Yeah, I think there's a reason why uh, um, a lot of the podcasts that I've come across don't have their uh, first few episodes uh, still active online. Oh, yeah. And I talk a lot of shit on my first one, too, like an asshole. So... (laughs) Yeah, and my opinion has completely changed since then. But yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember listening to it because the first one I actually listened to was yeah, Torion. Oh um, yeah, 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 he was a early guest. He sent me yeah. beer. Thank you, Tori. He, he's 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 the reason I found your pro- your podcast, and then oh, okay. uh, I went and listened to all the all the previous episodes after, and uh, it was. I definitely got a lot of laughs listening to your your podcast over the last year or so that I've been listening now. Actually, it has been a year now I've uh, been listening to your podcast. Yeah, I think it's uh, we're a little over a year old. Um, before you know it, it'll be two years. And I think I, I have a goal to reach this year with the podcast, so we'll see how that goes. Like, just like a n- number of downloads. Not necessarily per episode, just like an overall number. And I will be happy before the uh, before my, sec- my second year hits, which is the last week of November. So well, we'll see what I happens. I have to say, I wish you luck, because well, um, I actually... I try to download every episode just so that I get you those uh, those numbers. I don't know if that actually works that way. Uh, I had brought that up in a previous podcast, and I'm not sure. Uh, I need to look into it and see if that is how that works. I have uh, I have lots of downtime when I'm at work. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I bet. able to list the podcasts a lot of my day. So oh, okay. I have. A giant list of podcasts that I listen to now. <laughs> That's part of the reason why I've listened to every episode that you put out because it's something to do. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Not that, not that it's not worth listening to, right? Oh, right. <laughs> but I actually learned a lot of stuff uh, from your podcast, and uh, good. I'm glad. That's yeah. what it was made for. I've learned a the lot conversa- of shit. The conversation you had with uh, RJ Contreras about sponsorship uh-huh. uh, really changed my whole perspective on uh, how to approach companies and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. So, plus, I've been reading that uh, that book that you suggested. My girlfriend got it for me for Christmas. So. Oh, nice. Dude, I still haven't finished that thing. Ugh. I, I'm about I halfway. Like, I, like, skimmed through it, and I haven't touched it since. Um, I'm not going to lie. The, the only day that I have that I read any of it was the day where my phone was broken. <laughs> so I had nothing else to do at work. So I just read the book. <laughs> you know what? Uh, 
I wish I did that. I'm waiting for my trip to Hawaii. And it's a five-hour flight, so probably going to read. That's uh, that's really... definitely plan. Yeah, you don't uh, you don't get a whole lot of internet access up there. But all right, man, I'm gonna end it because I am freaking tired and I have to be up at six tomorrow. And it's already yeah. eleven. Yeah, so I gotta go wash yeah. my ass. Uh, thank you again for coming on. Uh, Super OK Drift is where they can find you on Instagram. Uh, and then you mentioned the Northwest Drift Week on Facebook, correct? Yep, that's that's correct. Good luck to you and your endeavors this year. Um, maybe we get get you push you into pro am for next year if you're feeling confident. Yeah, if I if I feel confident enough and can line up enough money to build a second car, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Why not, why not just build that one and then get another second car later? Or if I just stumble across a, a Pro-Am car for sale at the end of this year, maybe? Who knows? Hit up Ben Danger. Ben White. Yeah, I hear that uh, he's uh, doing something with uh, maybe with Brad Davis's old car now. The Pontiac? No, uh, that was uh, that was uh, Eddie Gonzalez's old car. Uh, Brad Davis had a uh, an IS three hundred that that was built by Chris Jenner Racing, so it's basically a pro spec chassis. Oh, nice! Yeah, uh, I haven't heard anything any details. But he, uh, had, he had a two J in that that was giving him nothing but problems, and he basically had to rebuild it three different times and ended up doing not nearly as well in the standings as he wanted to um, last year so he went and bought uh, Dylan Hughes S13 this off season oh okay so. that's that's who I got that's how I got the mix but they're all part of the Northwest Driftcast team right yes okay yeah yeah, Ben, Eddie, and Brad are the, the three guys from that podcast, yeah. But, all right, man. You have a good night, sir. Wish put on another episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, I'm, yeah. calling, I'm calling out Northwest Driftcast. You guys need to put out more episodes. Uh, that they do, because when I go through my stuff and I look like, oh, when's the last time these guys put out an episode? Oh, they haven't. December. Oh, you know who else has, hasn't? Um. I think his name's Mike Farr. The Tandem Podcast? Yes, I noticed that as well. I was like, what the hell? He was on a fucking roll. Like, I thought it was cool. He was doing, like, all grassroots stuff. And then, you know, I'm sure life just happens. This shit is fucking... Takes a lot of commitment. And, like, half the time I don't want to do it. No offense to anybody. Um, I get lazy, to be honest. I'm just not feeling it sometimes. Uh, I think this is the first episode I've done without drinking. So, progress. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, man. Last time I'm saying good night. Have a good night, sir. Yeah, you too. All right, bye. Bye.